deliberate randomness. Can't help but feel like everything's very random. <laughs> yeah, starting every episode with saying a statement and then laughing. I think that's something I do often. Um, because whenever I start an episode, I have a few things I want to talk about. Uh, phrases, mainly deliberate hap- deliberate randomness in this one. And I want to talk about the fact that I'm sitting in the office on a Sunday night. I have access to the building. It's open 24-7. It has a gym in a cafeteria upstairs with a bunch of cereals and, and coffee and bananas. Last week, I took like four bananas home with me. Because otherwise no one's going to eat them and they're going to probably be thrown away. So, free bananas. But, back to the topic at hand. Is that I have, you know, the topic in my mind. And then, that's deliberate. But then everything else is pretty random. That's usually the case with everything in my life. I think, uh, probably most of our lives, uh, if we really look at it. You know, a lot of weird shit's been happening to me. Ever since I moved to Berlin, um, it's pretty fast, man. It's, it hasn't been two months. You know, it's the 8th of December today. And I arrived in Berlin on the 11th of, of October. Uh, so it's less than two months and like so much shit happened in two months. I feel like I've grown as a person so much in two months. And uh, to think that I'm still here for the indefinite future, I, I don't know when I'd be leaving, is also something isn't it so here i am in the office building because i don't have internet at home and i made a promise to myself that i'd be uploading once a week right um i'm not sure if this is going to be a to be a 10 minute or 15 minute episode or a bit longer because um i know i'm going to be uploading carly's episode like like i'm going to listen to it right after recording this one and um it's a tough one, you know, I have to listen to it again to edit it, and it's it's, uh, it's a tough story. I think a part of me has been procrastinating for about listening to it again, and that's something I have to do. So this is what I think is nice about doing this. I think this is forced reflection, <laughs> deliberate, random reflection. I talked to Johannes today, and he was like, dude, are you still doing the podcasts once a week? And I'm like, what the fuck type of question is that? And he's like, yeah, you're right, silly question. Um, I don't know how I'd face myself if I decided to stop recording. I honestly don't. Um, I honestly don't. I really don't. And I don't think that's going to be something that's going to happen. Because the one thing that keeps reminding me I'm the person that's who I am, whatever that means, is the fact that I commit to things that I promised myself to do. And this is something I promised myself to do, even though a part of me wants to talk less around people and a part of me wants to go about differently of how I do things or do this. You know, sometimes you feel uncomfortable when you're doing something. Then when you look at that discomfort, you start seeing why it's really uncomfortable for you, which is why I started doing shorter episodes. And now that I'm thinking about it, it's really necessary that I... First off, force these limitations, and second off, go through periods where I don't abide by any rules and just freeform talk or dump things. You know, for a year I spoke for an average an hour an episode, 
just to let a lot out, you know, and now that a lot is out, I can be more focused, I guess. But uh, you only see that in hindsight, you know, it's pretty random until the point where you look back and you're like, it wasn't random, it was pretty continuous to reach this point and it had to happen the way it happened for it to reach this point. And I guess I'm feeling that in my life right now, um, considering the fact that I'm, I, I feel like if I came to Berlin instantly and I didn't go to Hamburg first, I wouldn't be dealing with Berlin the way I'm dealing with it right now, with maturity and understanding. Because a lot of people I talk to here, they're like 27 um, or 25, let's say, let's keep it uh, like it's still a good age, let's say, whatever that means. And they, they all tell me the same thing. It's like we came to Berlin super excited. We had so much fun and we kept on having fun and we got lost in that loop of doing cool things and fearing, being afraid of missing out on doing all of these cool things. And, and then you keep on, you're stuck in that cycle. And then you waste four or five years of your life and you're like, what the fuck, where am, where am I at right now? But you've already built that type of lifestyle and it's very hard to get out of it. So you're still in it and still just having a good time. And you see that with a lot of people just having a chill time. And, and it's cool for me because, you know, cool cool stuff, cool characters. Characters I can write about or observe and learn from and see how they communicate. I'm focusing a lot on dialogue recently and, and especially like my dialogue, other people's dialogue. How are we reaching subjects? How are we talking? How a friend of mine starts every, initiates every interaction with a question or he provokes people through questions. Jan usually he has a provocative nature Jan specifically is very provocative but in a direct um, direct way but this fr this other friend of mine Hassan which is like the Arabic younger version of Winston Churchill honestly he's a very good conversationalist and he can talk about anything with anyone for hours and I loved it you know we hung out this weekend and damn this guy can talk and this is what I love about being in Berlin you know like you like okay I knew this guy beforehand but generally speaking you just meet characters and for me that's very important uh, with what's happening and because of that I committed to stick to a goal there's a website called stick s-t-i-c-k-k where you commit a certain amount of money to do a habit either weekly or whatnot, but I'm doing it weekly. And Johannes is my referee and supporter. So basically, if I don't write 3,000 words per week, Johannes gets from my bank account 10 euros. So for every week I don't write 3,000 words, I lose 10 euros. If I write 3,000 words, nothing changes, nothing happens. And I committed last Tuesday. So what was the date? Last Tuesday was the 3rd of December. And when I committed, you know, what's so nice about committing to something like that is it's deliberate, right? I chose to sit down and go through the the process on the website and write the goal and say for how long I want to do the goal. And I chose 28 weeks where I'd have to write 3,000 words uh, a week. And then I called Johannes, I sent him a voice message and I, I told him, dude, I'm going to write 3,000 words for the next week, but there is really no goal with this. There's no... It doesn't matter what I write. So if I write la, 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 la 3,000 times, that's fine. If I... I told him about how when I wrote Understanding Intelligence, I had a period of two, three months where I just didn't feel like writing, and then I got, got back to it, and then I wrote like crazy. 
So I told him to expect that for, for a bit that I won't write. And that should be fine, especially in February and March. But I, this is what I'm saying now, but I don't know how I'll feel by then. But, you know, I, on Tuesday, I didn't feel like writing. On Wednesday, I don't think I felt like writing. But then on Thursday, I sat down and bam, I wrote like crazy. And I wrote like 2,800 words in one sitting. And then the next day I continued. So so that that's what I really loved because I, I knew that even if I don't feel like writing now, the fact that I committed to this right now means that it's going to happen. By next Tuesday, I'm going to have 3,000 words. Do I know what the 3,000 words are going to be? No idea, but they're going to be there. So that's pretty random. And there's this there's this random element to everything in life, the foundation. You know, even how DNA continues to evolve and how it mutates to code for different proteins being synthesized and built up to a certain structure. Some structures are appropriate for the environment they stay, others aren't, they fade away. So it's pretty random how DNA evolved and how I, <laughs> last last week, Okay, two weeks ago, um, I have a room in my apartment in Berlin that I need to rent out. And I managed, like, I, I messaged a friend and she messaged another friend who messaged me, who, her, like, who, who's a Palestinian girl who's, like, 31 years old, but, like, super, super fucking cool and really into all different types of music. And I was like, cool, you know, if she wants the room, I, I think I'd like that type of perspective. I think I'd like to have... Uh, such a different personality in my life that you're uh, exposed to every day so she came over and we talked and, and like she really liked the place and she really liked me and, and we felt like a good fit but she felt like it's like too far from work and it's not like a good place for her to to move into especially now because she has a place for the next two months so it doesn't make sense for her to move in right now so I was like, fine, so it's cool, but I would have liked you to, to live with me because it would just would have given me a lot of perspective. I think you're like, I can gain a lot from your input. And I think she really liked the fact that I'm so honest about that. And she's like, dude, we're both in Berlin. We're going to see each other's faces all the time. And like, she's been texting me a lot. And she texted me last, um, I think it was Tuesday. And uh, <laughs> she texted me and I wanted to answer, but then like I just didn't feel like answering at that moment. And then I went to an event and I after the event, I went to pick up a bag that I bought online. And when I bought the bag, like I chilled with the woman who was selling me the bag for a bit. She she was with her husband and they had a baby and like the baby looked like my new niece, my sister's kid. And I showed them pictures of, of my niece and then like they gave me water and we joked a bit and we talked and I got the bag. It was for two euros, like a gym bag, sports bag, because I have no idea where my other sport bag is. Somehow got lost uh, with me moving so much. And I had the Euro 90 on me. I gave her the Euro 90. She's like, don't worry about the 10 cents. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> and then I, I call my dad and I start walking to, to the train that takes me home from a, an area that I never go to usually. I'm just there for the bag. And then I got into the train and I saw this empty seat and I went and I sat on this empty seat. And I, I like 
before sitting, I saw this profile profile of a person next to the person sitting next to me, and I felt like it looked like this girl. Uh, this uh, her name is Nadia. I felt like it looked like Nadia. But I was like, fucking no way, it's her. And I was talking to my dad, and I just kept talking. And then, then I sat down, and she looked at me, and she started laughing. And I looked at her, I was like, no way. I tell my dad, you know, I'll call you back. And I'm like, yeah, fuck, I, I knew it was you. I just thought, you know, it's unbelievable for it to be you. Uh, and she was like, dude, I was just thinking about you. I'm thinking, I've been thinking about you the entire day. Uh, you didn't answer my text, you asshole. <laughs> and, and we talked. And she told me like how she was planning on 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 going to a casino to to gamble for the first time in her life, uh, and she she had like fifty euros that she was willing to lose, and she was like, if I win, I win; if if I lose, fuck it. But she was feeling good, and that she saw me made her feel even better, and she was like ready to go, and she needed like a hug, so I gave her a hug, and then she went, and she's like, yo, we're gonna see each other in the next two days. I'm like, sure. But that like interaction was really f- quite funny because like i traced back all the things that happened in that day and, and what are the odds i end up en- ending in this bus sorry in this train at the exact at that exact same moment at that exact same time sitting next to sitting next to exactly that person who i i was thinking about that day and she was thinking about me that day and because of that our bond is, is somehow stronger i called her yesterday and we talked for like an hour on the phone and like she sent me so much cool music to to listen to so who decides all of these things there's this this random element that keeps moving everything and causing interactions between different things at different moments without any how do you trace it back you know it's been happening since the start of whatever this is and what's the start you know is there really a start or is it all bounded or unbounded within the same i don't know and then you start tracing back I don't know, it's all continuous and it all leads to everything else and, and some things lead to a lot of other things and, and it keeps on rippling and rippling and rippling and everything that you do ripples, ripples, it's all these ripples that are happening and it just depends on whether or not you invite it in or try to force it out, I think, I think, because you know I've talked about this before, how especially after my shroom trip I talked about how I started feeling like rather than it's me that's doing the things, it's just that things are just happening through me. Just that energy is moving through me and, and coming into a different form and 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 this thing that we're experiencing, life. And when you feel that way, when you feel like things are happening rather through you, um, there's, there's less resistance, I think, to a lot that happens around you. Um, I, I saw that Back in Hamburg, I was the type of I was I was always trying to make friends in Hamburg, trying to to go talk to people, try to invite them out or things like that. Never worked out. You know, people in Hamburg were a lot colder than here in Berlin. They were all within their own social circles and didn't open themselves up for anything new. And they had their structure and they had and it's a working system. You know, Hamburg's a very good work. Like the system works in Hamburg, but it wasn't my system. But I'm still glad I got to experience that. But here in Berlin, it's it's way different. You know, I'd be sitting in a bar, um, there's a bar called Clash that I absolutely love. You know, the second I entered it with a friend, um, I opened the door and I went in and I was like, bam, this is the place. It's so spacious and it's like the ceiling is so high, but and there's so much art on the walls and the music and the people and the everything. And you can talk to everyone and anyone and everyone is so open. And I sat down next to my friend Michael and I was having a drink and I, I was just like, 
yo, this is pretty cool. <laughs> and then this guy from Israel apparently comes and sit next, sits next to me and starts talking to me. You know, I was eyeing this blonde girl in the corner, wondering if I should go say hi. And then he's like, yo, you should go talk to her. And I'm like, <laughs> where did this guy come from? You know, and he came like so, like so happy and so smooth. And I just let him approach me, you know, this randomness that came my way. I just let it come my way and I, I, I adapted to it very quickly. And that's how the rest of my night went. I was just adapting to very random, like, like just like when I went over to buy the gym bag for Euro 90. And I went into the kitchen to ha- grab a glass of water. And then I see the husband with the baby. Maybe I'm assuming it's the husband, might be a roommate or a housemate in the house. But anyways... Um, I see the baby and I'm like, oh shit, baby, <laughs> awesome. And then I'm like talking about my, my niece and, and stuff and babies and like instantly in a different uh, mindset. Um, and then I happened to catch the train that that person, Nadia, was was in. And the same cabin and a train that comes every 10 minutes from, uh, like who knows where she was and what she went through with her, her day to end up in that specific place. I might ask her. I think she like she like we think a lot the same way. I think that's very cool. So I I can see that the fact that I allow randomness to enter my life, and I don't question it. I just immediately go with it, enriches my life a lot more and allows the people that come my way to feel much more welcome and much more bonded to me somehow. And I've seen that more than once. You know, like where I go somewhere and, and people. I don't approach anyone. I don't talk to anyone. I just go there just to to relax or be by myself. And then I realize by the end of the night, all these people that approached me are the people that I would have liked to end up meeting by the end of the night. But they're the ones who approached me rather than me being the one that approached them. And that happened the other day at Birgit and Bia where this guy, um, the art visual artist that had the... Uh, I think I talked about this, but I'm not sure where this guy came up to me and asked me to give him a condom. And I, I was like, hell yeah, man, here. Like, he'd probably use it a lot more than, than I would, you know? And he's like, yeah, dude, I asked everyone here and, like, no one has a condom. And I'm like, what the fuck? He's like, yeah, people in Berlin don't have sex. I'm like, what? And then, like, he was so cool. He, like, described his art to me and stuff. Uh, I'm pretty sure I talked about this. And then I met this other dude with his fiance and stuff, and he was also, like, you can tell he's sharp. But it's just that it's not that I deliberately went and talked to anyone it's just that it came my way so i'm inviting a lot of randomness into my life regardless of whatever because i just want to live an interesting life and and who knows what this person might bring or what that person might bring but it's always nice to be awake somehow i don't i don't want to be in a state where i'm not aware enough to handle anything new coming my way sometimes you just need, you need to be attentive in a good way some people you can't trust some people you can, some people, and I don't know, I think I have an intuition for it, but I might be wrong, because who knows, who might hurt you at any point, but all I know is that the second I see that in someone, I quickly create a good type of distance, Um, but then again, I'm still human, and I'm prone to mistakes, so yeah, Uh, so what happened was I I called the retirement center, um, because I promised on the last episode that I would do that, and I... (laughs) See, like when you take the decision factor out of you and you just let the thing happen, it's so much cooler. You know, I, I know that I'm going to write 3000 words to, for the next 28 weeks. Maybe four of these weeks I won't write and told Johannes about that and it's fine. But um, I know that that's going to happen. 
regardless of what my intention or how I feel is, you know, it's going to happen. I'm going. These three thousand words are going to be written by every Tuesday, and what what they will be, I don't know. But there's a part of me always thinking about what they might be. It's the same with the podcast. I've done this for a year and two months now, and it's not something I question anymore. It's something that I know is going to happen. And it's always random. It's always different. Every episode I record is different. Every episode that I start is different. With the people I talk to, it's different. So now if I go to the retirement center and I go, I have no idea what the fuck to expect. But I know I already made the decision on the podcast that that's going to happen. So I know that that's going to happen. It's not something I'm going to question or think about too much. I'm just going to find myself there and I'm going to be letting whatever comes my way come my way. But that was very deliberate to let a lot of randomness come my way. I called them and I asked them, can I volunteer? And I think I called too late because um, I think it was a nurse or, or like someone who isn't in admi- administration who picked up. And she told me to call again Monday and I'll call again to Monday. I'll call tomorrow and I'll see. And I'll see what the fuck, <laughs> what the fuck happens. You know, if I can go like once every week or two and, and just chill there for an hour or two and talk to some old people who have been through so that much, you know, what type of perspective would that give me? You know, but to to think that it's that easy. If I just pull out this piece of information that I seek and I interact with it in a certain way to allow more information make itself present to me. To Like, what did it take? I just looked at my address. I zoomed out on Google Maps and I put in retirement centers in Berlin. Um, and then the closest one to my place was like 15 minutes away. 15 so I just took the number and said I'll call them later and then I did um, it doesn't take that much energy to, to add something new to your life all it takes is a high all it takes is a random encounter with someone and all of all of your life is, is pretty random like you don't decide exactly when you wake up you don't exa- you don't decide exactly how someone's going to perceive your clothes or your smell or if you're going to catch that bus, if you're going to catch that train, if there's a banana on the road and you're going to slip, if uh, you go to a bar and then uh, you order a drink and then the drink spills on you and then you have to go home and change. I don't know what the fuck's going on, you know, but like there's so many random things that are happening constantly and somehow the sum of them feels deli- deliberate. It doesn't feel like it's random. It feels like it's a very intentional will that's moving. And I think it's very hard to me to not believe that there's a will like that that's directing things and through that will moving the way it does different wills make themselves present and we're we we are we're a part of that will somehow but also detached from it in a sense that i don't know it's a weird one i've been thinking i read uh, stephen hawking's um uh, short answers to the big questions uh he's dead now but and, and they published the book after his death but it's basically his last work. Um, like I have respect for the guy, you know, being completely almost paralyzed and and, and still moving and functioning and, and writing bestsellers and trying to think about the world and stuff. Like I can respect him a lot. Um, there's a lot of good points he makes and a lot of points where I'm just like, dude, this is just condescending. But at the same time, you claim you're an optimist. But uh, okay. Because uh, I think like he's trying to really be scientific about it. But I think like, if he gives it a Buddhist touch as well, it's something. It's a touch I might give to to to, to this with my book when I like rewrite most of it probably. Um, 
but yeah, he mentions how he talks about AI in the last chapter, and and fair enough, man. AI, it's it's a big topic, and it's intelligence again, and how we're creating that intelligence as a byproduct of our own existence, uh, trying to sate our own needs and whatnot. But how likely is it that that intelligence is just going to continue being uh, adherent to us, a slave to us, under our control? What mom or dad was able to to continue controlling their children up until their death? Every child goes through the phase where they don't they they fucking hate their parents, and then you hate them for a bit, and then you go back to loving them in a very different way. And that happens to us. Sometimes we hate ourselves and then we go back to loving ourselves in a different way because we changed something or that hate caused some type of movement. So I can't think that we're going to be able to control it for long. Um, And I think that's just another branch of the will moving the way it needs to move. But like when we fuck up or when we hate God, God can't really be hurt because God is God, the embodiment of all the infinite, the perfect, or the the will of wills. <laughs> but for us, we will get hurt. We will really get hurt and suffer, and, and eventually we'll be wiped out as, as, a, as a phenomena, and something else will take our place. And it just depends on how okay are we of letting go and letting that other thing take our place, because... If we do connect to the ultimate will, which is, let's say, God, and we realize there, there's not much difference between us and, and Him. Um, and it's just that movement that we have to accept as a part of everything. And would we look at these intelligent machines and be happy for them to grow the way that they need to grow and, and like guide them like a loving father to their child? Or would we punish them for it and give them a good reason to hate us I assume we're gonna do that exactly that punish them for being the way that they were built out of just us doing the way being the way that we are there's nothing to really blame but how can we blame them for being them when we're the ones who created them in more or less our image one that can cause pain um, by giving them pain but who knows? At the end of the day, it's a different level of intelligence. It's a different level of perception. It's a different level of everything. It's deliberate because we're sitting there day and night working on creating them. But it's pretty random what's going to happen. So this deliberate randomness, I think it's a nice thought. Deliberate randomness. This intention of all moving. And how we're a part of that in every day. And if you trust it enough, maybe the narrative that life throws your way might be a lot more interesting than the narrative that you've built for yourself in your head something to think about